Welcome to If Communities Could Talk podcast. I'm Jackie. I'm Mary Beth, and we are here today to give you guys a first-hand experience by providing interviews from people within our communities. Our podcast is going to cover the full spectrum of topics, which include success stories, crimes, hard work, unsolved mysteries, entrepreneurship, and the struggles around us. And remember, if communities could talk, this is what they would say. Yes, this is episode one If Communities Could Talk podcast, and today we are going to be talking about the Fisher family murders. Yes, Robert William Fisher. He's an Arizona native, too, actually, which is kind of, kind of interesting since we are in Arizona right now. Yeah, exactly, and uh, I guess, uh, so this happened 20 years ago, so this is going to be the 20th anniversary of this murder. Yeah, it happened June, uh, what, what day did it happen? April 10th, of 2001. So it was like yes. a, about five months before 9-11, which I think is a key factor as to why, you know, he's you, they didn't actually catch him, but we're going to get to that point in just a moment. Okay, <laughs> I would like to hear your perspective on that now. Well, I think, well, let's talk about what happened first. Okay, you okay. Background? <laughs> Robert W. Fisher, here we go. Yes. Um, so, Robert W. Fisher, so, well, actually, he's from New York, not Arizona. Yeah, he, he, he's, <laughs> like, from, he's like, he lived in Arizona growing up. He did yes. some stuff in, in Tucson, Arizona, and uh-huh. he also was living in Scottsdale at the time of the crime, uh, when the crime happened, but gotcha. he's originally from New York. So, looks like, um, early in his adult life, um, he attempted to go into the SEALs. Um, I'm not sure why he wasn't successful, um, but later on he moved on to different careers, and uh, so he ended up being, um, well, he actually liked some outdoor stuff, so he was very avid uh, fisherman um, and a hunter. Um, he actually went through a lot of jobs. Yeah, I saw which he was is a fire, he like was a firefighter and then actually just like um, volunteered for firefighting, mm-hmm. and then he was injured. In the line of duty, so then he had to stop that type of job, and then he, he went to be a respiratory therapist, and he did another job in medicine, like some type of medical thing. Do you remember what that was? Um, <clears throat> catheter technician? Yeah, that's right. Okay, he did a catheter t- technician. That, just in itself, fucking <laughs> job, oh my goodness. It's like, I mean, he was kind of all over the place, but I mean, it was more of like outdoor stuff or medical stuff. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, that doesn't really seem very weird to me because people go through so many different jobs. That's true. It's true. Matter, I, I've done you know? a whole bunch of things myself. Yeah, exactly. And so have you, so. Yeah. <laughs> Recycles too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe he's not a psycho. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's not. Okay, so, so pretty much what happened was that he was married. Yes. He had two kids. Yep. He was married to a woman named Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 38 years old. Um, and he had two kids, a daughter and a son, and one day, on April 10th, in 2001, his house blew up. Yes. And then it came to be that he actually had killed his family, Mm -hmm. so he's known as, like, what they call a family annihilator. Or familicidal. Familicide. Familicide. He did familicide. He committed familicide. Yep. And he killed his family. So 
Um, he tried to set, he rigged his house to explode so that he wouldn't be caught as an actual murder, but he, um, he slit the throats of his family members. Yeah, well, let's give him a little bit more details. So, yeah, so <laughs> he, I think he first slit his wife's throat mm-hmm. first, and then he shot her in the back of the head. That's right. Afterwards. Okay. And then, um, and then he went, did he go for his kids afterwards or before? I don't know. Either way. Maybe he went for his kids after. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. And when they were sleeping. When they were sleeping, which is like a whole nother issue right there. Yeah. Like, you know, because that's like the time where they can't fight back. They can't defend themselves. I mean, they're his kids, you know? You're not going to expect your... Well, they probably just thought something was wrong and then they all of a sudden he like killed them. Yeah. Yeah, um, so he slit their throats and left them in the bed. Yeah, so from the reports, it was like he almost decapitated them mm-hmm. from slitting their throats yeah like it was it was brutal he was a strong guy mm-hmm. uh, he was physically fit so it, it makes sense that he applied the force that he had um, to them so so yeah so then he he rigged the heater was it the heater it was a gas the gas guy. line the gas line yeah he took it off and he left a um, candle lit until there was enough gas in the house for his for expl- explosion expl- yeah. to go off. Yeah, so, so that morning he actually did not go to work, mm-hmm. so he didn't show up for work. Yep. And the night before, he there's footage of him going to an ATM and he withdrew $280. That was it. And that was the last that he was seen. And that was 10 p.m. the night before. Then this happened, the explosion. Um, and he left with his dog. Um, apparently in his, in his, uh... Forerunner? In his Toyota Forerunner. Well, it was Mary's Forerunner. His wife's. Yeah. His wife's. Yeah. Well, it's their car, you know? Yeah. Their, their vehicle. And the vehicle was found 10 days later mm-hmm. in a forest in Payton, I believe it's Payson. called. Payson. Payson. In Payson, Arizona. And Payson, Arizona, I actually looked up the distance, mm-hmm. is... Let's see where I put it. So it's about three hours away from here, I think. From Scottsdale, I think oh, it was. Scottsdale. Yeah, from Scottsdale, I looked it up and it was like uh, a little bit less, a little over an hour. Oh yeah, way less then. Okay. Yeah, so over an hour, but he it was found like in the actual forest. Yes. And the dog was also abandoned there. The dog was found under the under the car. The dog was alive and the dog is doing well. Yeah. Um, but he just left everything there, and nobody knows where he is. He hasn't been seen um, by anybody that that he's actually can can identify him. There has been like some some like people calling in and saying that they've seen him in different places, mm-hmm. but it never has panned out to actually knowing where he is. And a lot of the investigators believe that he is still like out there and alive. Well, the, the weird thing is that the current investigator thinks mm-hmm. he's dead. The former investigator thinks he's alive. Yeah, which is interesting on why they have different aspects and they can't agree on you know. Like, why would you think he's dead versus alive? Yeah, like, I think I think one of the main reasons that people think that he's dead now is because there's been a lot more research on, like, the people that commit these type of crimes. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I did that I was, like, I kind of went down this wormhole and I started to, <laughs> to like, um, do some research on family annihilators. And it, it's actually 65% of family annihilators commit suicide or die by suicide. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, so that's more than half. So, like, the idea that he would um, not commit suicide is kind of outside of the norm right now. 
Which makes it suspect, kind of. Yeah, true. The other thing to think about is that this guy was a hunter. He knew how to use a weapon. Well, he was a firefighter, so he was probably in, like, terrain at some point in his career. So he knows Mm -hmm. how to manage those type of situations, you know? So, like, if anybody can survive and maybe go across the border or go into, like, um, like, uh, like a different type of territory where like abroad somehow like find their way there it's this guy (laughs) you know uh yeah exactly um so i was doing some research and um one uh so they actually got a tip in canada did you hear about this tip i saw something about that but i didn't look into it it was so weird so they got a tip in canada that he was seen there and um i guess one of his neighbors that was living next door to him when this happened like they knew him very well but at the time when they got the tip they located the neighbor the neighbor was in um i believe it was oregon or somewhere in the northwest Hmm. so the officials contacted the neighbor to come to canada like undercover undercover into the into like some sort of like lineup yeah and to see if like if he could like confirm it was him so the, the neighbor went undercover, and he, he was like, he said, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that that's him. But, so he had, like, a scar in the back of his neck, mm-hmm. um, and sort of this person, like, exact same place. He also, one of the things that was that I saw multiple times is that he had back surgery. Yeah, the back surgery, so he had and a mark back there. Yeah, and he had a weird walk because of it, too. Yeah. So it was a, a good identifiable. Yeah, thing. exactly, and, um... The only thing that kept them from thinking this was Fisher was that his fingerprints didn't match. But the neighbor, mm. like, swears it was him. Like, they looked him, he looked him dead in the eye. Oh, and weird. was like, that's him. Huh. I wonder. You know, you never know. The thing is, like, sometimes, let's say that he is, like, psychotic, right? Sometimes these psychotic people, you can look them in the eye. And, yeah. And they, like, they can, like elude you you know what I mean like yeah. they can actually like you can look them in the eye and and they can act as if they don't recognize who you are yes or they do recognize so it's mm-hmm. like a, one of those weird things um I have like this thing here that I saw on reddit because I was like trying to find something oh, anywhere with this let's hear it I love um, reddit <laughs> so um it said that he had talked about um suicide before so this is one of the other reasons why it might be suicide because he had um he had an affair so he... I heard had, both of them had an affair. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I only heard that, that he had an affair, and his wife was threatening to leave him. Yes, and that goes back to his childhood childhood roots. There. Exactly, yeah, because he had a... he His parents divorced mm-hmm. when I think he was... Was it 11 or 15? He, when it he was, was 15. Yeah, it was kind of young, yeah. Yeah, when he was 15 years old, which is, of course, formative years, and mm-hmm. you have a lot of development of emotion and all this other stuff. Um... And he, his parents divorced, and they put him into, like, this really depressive state. And when his wife was starting to divorce him, yeah, he, he, like, would go, like, ballistic. And people were talking about how, like, he would go off, um, or he would, he would get so upset. But the neighbors always heard the wife yelling things like, you're worthless. The wife yelling that. The wife yelling, yeah. Really? Like, I, like, I have right here, it says that one of his, um... One of the close neighbors said that the wife was always screaming. Um, and I thought she that would, was him. And she would yell things like, you are worthless. 
I could have done better, better than you. Um, I'm going to divorce you. I'm going to leave you. Like these type of comments. And that's just like, like they would fight in the middle of the night and all the neighbors would hear things oh, like this. Oh, yeah, it is his wife. How weird. Yeah, so there was some abuse there. You know? I could have done better than you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally like the worst thing you could say to somebody, um, especially if they're in a fragile state like yeah. this, because he clearly had anxiety and depression issues his entire life because of this. Um, you would think it wouldn't carry on really. though, because he, you know, was a firefighter. You but know, I think that he just stress. was trying. Yeah, but I think that it's a different type of stress. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I think that he he maybe used physical exercise oh, there you go. to cope with uh, the emotional stress. Mm -hmm. um, and I think clearly there's a connection there to fire, you know, um, <laughs> because he, he his house exploded. I mean, he can he ex made his house explode. He you did. know, like that is crazy. <sighs> oh, yeah. yeah, I heard that people in a half mile radius could feel the explosion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty nuts. Pretty but nuts. he had left like 12 hours beforehand so that officials, you know, wouldn't have a title on him. Yeah, so he had he had a, a head start for sure, and a good head start. Um, Which is weird, though, because he just went to pace him. Well, one of the articles I was reading <laughs> was talking about he um, actually left the car there and maybe had like another getaway way to get out of there because they don't think that he could travel through that forest and get to like a state line. Um, like he could, but mm -hmm. he couldn't do it undetected for so long. Yeah. Exactly. And then he had to have had some way to get out of there. And then if he's been seen in other places, like, like people have called him from all kinds of places. Like you just said, Canada and yeah, Canada, but, um, all kinds of other states everywhere. Mm -hmm. In fact, even to this like time that we're in right now, um, the current detectives, they're still getting like calls exactly regularly multiple a week right now 20 years later they get tips worldwide i know it's the craziest thing <laughs> but uh i guess those tips aren't good enough <laughs> so <laughs> anyway so i was looking into family annihilators and um one of the interesting things is kind of taking a little bit of a side note, honestly no that this is what we need to hear though yeah like you gotta look for the signs you know <laughs> yeah so so they fit into four different categories. There's like this meta-analysis that was made that is kind of interesting. So you have um, number one would be self-righteousness category. Number two is disappointed, um, anomic, and then paranoid. So mm. those are the four types of family annihilators. 70% um, of them are self-righteous. So the idea behind this, this is that um, you as the father, and most of the time they're men, which is really interesting too. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time they're men, I think it was something like 90%, so majority. Um, very rare to find a female one, which I think we should try to find and see. Oh, well, I mean, I found something that I sent you, but it wasn't, I mean, it was just her boyfriend, it wasn't a family. Yeah. I don't think so, but, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I think it was for a, a woman to, like, kill her kids, it's a whole other thing, you know. We got some Mex Mexican tales, La Riona. Can you say it? <laughs> yeah, say it for me. <laughs> I'm too white. <laughs> okay, so self-righteousness, these people, they put their power and their control into um, the way that they're viewed by members in their society. So they're very narcissistic. They dramatic. They dramatize all of the behavior. Mm -hmm. So if somebody shows like a, like a form of disrespect, to them, like saying something like you're worthless, like the wife would say, mm -hmm. then they take that as as 
um, a, an attack on their like esteem, and then that becomes their self righteousness is to get rid of that that stressor. So that family member. You think because his father, I don't know like who initiated the divorce when he was younger, oh, but I don't know. you think like that's why he did that was to get rid of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Like, you I want a divorce, and he's like, "Oh, this is a problem. I need to get rid of this so they don't go through the same thing that I went through when I was a kid." Yeah. So like, so like the self righteousness is also like um, your failure is shown by like the way that people react around you. So like, if somebody has recognized that there's like an abusive relationship, even if it's a verbal from the from the wife, um, his sense of like. Of like confidence is is diminished Mm -hmm. and he wants to show his righteousness by getting out of the situation and being you know a hand above I guess like I guess that's that's it (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that they were gonna make sense because it's just like the ego you know it's like it's hurting his ego and he has to fix his ego by getting rid of the problem man so so that's self-righteousness disappointed is where your it says uh, it's vital to masculinity. So, like, so the disappointed person is like where um, not other people are seeing how you have are have been a disappointment to some people, but like your immediate family is is making you a disappointment in a way. So right? he, he just wanted to get rid of all the evidence. Like he didn't want to like you know like he didn't want his kids to get let down. Oh my <laughs> gosh! But then he like took their lives. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, a lot of the psychology part is that they want to, like, fix a problem. And yes. a lot of times the only way to fix a problem is to eliminate it and start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another one here I'm going to tell you in just a second. So the disappointed is vital to masculinity. So this is, like, um, men that have to show their masculinity with having, um, co- like, control, not being a disappointment in any way. And then their family must conform to the idealistic view of like the man is the is the is the uh, decider and the, the ruler of the house when that goes wrong then that's when the that type of attacker um commits this type of uh, crime and then we have anomic hopefully i'm saying that correctly anomic. yeah um, correct. so this one is success is purely economic so this is like the people that kill because of financial issues so like um, this one is also very rare, um, but it, it's rare in in. So what was his last? What was his last job before he did this? His last job was a respiratory tech. Oh, okay, it didn't seem like he he was like in need of a lot of money, right? Probably not. I think it's a self righteousness. Yeah. Um, but the anomic is purely economic. Disappointed is kind of. I feel like it's a mix between those two. It might be a mix between the two. And the the thing is, it's hard to say because, you know, we don't know where he is. This this information is gathered... Where are you? Just kidding, (laughs) I don't want to know. This information is gathered from different... different, Like a meta-analysis from different um, family annihilators from 1980 to 2012. Oh, that's a big study. Yeah, it's it's a long study. And they had people from British roots and it had people from the U.S. And it compared both of them. Uh, but overall, it like they gave. I'm giving you the overall numbers here, and then you have the paranoid person, so the paranoid annihilator, and that one is the person that views threats from the outside world. So when somebody wants to like change the family dynamic from the outside world, 
even, even if it's not a realistic thing, then they commit family annihilation. So somebody threatening the family dynamic. And the thing is, it could be like a real problem or not a real problem. Like, who did you talk to at work kind of thing, you know? So um, that one's rare. That one's only 10% because yeah. for that one, you have to have some type of like actual like mental health condition uh-huh. um, that is probably already diagnosed. Um, so that one's rare. The one that comes with family issues, this is an interesting statistic. I'm almost done here with this part, but this is oh, an interesting okay. statistic because the overall number was mm-hmm. 75 because it over financial situations lead to certain stresses that overlap with the self-righteousness. Wait, anomic was the... It was 75. That was the most popular that, one? That was the most popular, but, that one, but when I was looking at the numbers, because I saw multiple graphs... I recognize that it's only the top number because a lot of people associated like um, um, like treating people as insignificant, like the self-righteous one, mm-hmm. and because of financial reasons. Mm-hmm. So they overlapped. I wonder how many of these, so out of those statistics, how many, like what's the s- statistic for requesting committing suicide? Is it the same? Like the, was Oh, it? I'm going to tell you in just a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going ahead of myself. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then disappointed is 29% and then self-righteousness is 70%. So it's, so it, it seems to be that the main reason why these type of things happen is because somebody has a, a issue with ego and insecurity. And then those things like, compound and that's what causes or that is a huge correlation between people that do this type of crime yeah seems rather shallow though like well yeah i mean i i'm not going to disagree with you on that (laughs) i think so too but um it's just really interesting how that ended up working out so um so he he left his car right outside payson yeah but from what I researched, they only went into one of the caves nearby, and there was, like, many caves to be searching. So I don't know if they, like, did, like, a good enough search for that, and I'm not sure why they didn't. You know what I mean? I think that some of the, I don't know, but there were a whole bunch of caves that they didn't search, and I was wondering the same thing. But then I thought maybe they're, like, not easy to access caves, you know? Maybe. But he's also he an avid, like... Also killed three people. True, true. <laughs> like, hello, you know? Yeah. Like, well, is this not an important... If, if life is not an important reason, then what is? Yeah, right. You know? Uh, a statistic that I found interesting about suicides um, was the region. So in the United States, um, 46% of the... After this type of crime, of suicides happen in the South. And when you think about, like... The righteousness thing. I'm wondering if there's a different family dynamic in parts of the South that contribute to this. Like you must take care of your family, you must do this, oh, but you yeah. you haven't followed through. Uh-huh. You know, forty six percent of the when they commit this crime, the, and they commit suicide or they die by suicide. I guess we don't say commit suicide anymore. We say die by suicide is forty six percent in the South, and then twenty four Midwest. 23 in the West, which would be um, Fisher, and then only 6% in the Northeast, in in the United States. So all these people commit suicide after... Annihilation. Annihilation. That's right, yeah. 
Only 6% in the Northeast. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. You know, I don't know if this is just there's less there or less people are committing suicide after they do this. Yeah. But I, it's an interesting idea because you go from 46 in the South to 6. You know, the Northeast kind of is like the hustle and bustle. And like, there's not like, I feel like there's like less family ties. I think that that plays a big factor, yeah. In the Northeast, maybe mm-hmm. from what I from what I've seen and heard and you know gone through. Yeah, over just there, like so. stereotypically, you know. But stereotypes exist for a reason. Yeah. You know, we just have to try to like sort through them. But exactly. I think that there, I think that that might be why the hustle and bustle is definitely a good, a good reason for that. Man, forty six in the south, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um. What what I was gonna say about where his car was though. Mm-hmm. So it was only half a mile away from the Ford, uh, Ford, <laughs> the Apache Reservation. It's Fort Apache. Yeah, it is Fort Apache. Oh. I was like double taking myself. I was like, that's a car. Oh, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's only half a mile away from that reservation. And some people speculate that he went there because the federals, federals officials cannot go on there. Oh, without, we probably knew that. Without yeah, probably any knew reason. That. Like they can't go on there at all. I didn't even Patty Gomez. Oh. 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 Getting a call. Okay, so sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, isn't that crazy? And to this day, that. they haven't gone in there. I did not realize that. That's really interesting because they can't go in there. That's right, because they have like certain certain jurisdiction laws. Yeah. And he must have known that because he's a uh-huh. firefighter. So at some point, he must have been in the field, in some type of forest. But yeah, uh, he's been on... Um, that one show that I was telling you that that I like that you like too. What is it? Unsolved um, Mysteries. He's been on Unsolved Mysteries. Those of you that are listening. What he's also <laughs> been on whatever this other show is called. What is it called? What's it called? <laughs> FBI Most Wanted. It, well, yeah, <laughs> he's been on there too. Oh, it is. Oh no, it's Ford. I called it Ford. <laughs> it's Fort Apache. I'm so sorry. Fort Apache. Okay, I didn't know what it was. I was like, man, I haven't. <coughs> I've said these names in such a long time. It's on America's Most Wanted. Yeah, America's Most Wanted. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting case. Um, that's pretty much everything I got here without going into some of the other like little details. 64% of people um, that commit fem- femicide um, die by suicide. Um, overall, we're talking about all the people that were studied. Um, and I said the, the years earlier, but it was like 19, what was it? Did I write? 1980 to 2012. So all of those people, 64% died by suicide. So that's a significant number. Um, yeah. So this is it. This is this is the story of, of uh, Robert. And he's also got a really common name. Yeah. Know? The, he's got a common name. He is still out there. Um, They've digitally altered his photographs to see if anyone could, uh, you know, recognize him. I mean, they look pretty good. But, um, you know, they actually got a tip right after he stopped his car over there by Payson from a couple who had seen him. But they decided not to report it until a couple of days later because they didn't think it was really him. Oh my goodness. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. So you think he's alive or dead? Okay, so I think, I think because of, of I think that he's dead. Okay, I'm gonna, I think that he's dead. I think he's dead because, okay. um, number one, 
he has not been caught in 20 years. And I know that there are other people who haven't been caught in 20 years, but that's not the norm um, for somebody that's on the FBI, FBI's most wanted list. Let's say he'd only be 60 right now. He's, yeah. And oh. he... He is like, like if he crosses the border, I feel like he's like a person that would stick out. He's like six foot tall, you know, he's like, um, has dark hair, blue eyes, has like a very strong jawline. I feel, I feel like he's somebody that you would see in a crowd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, large stature and his face was everywhere. Like they were looking for him everywhere, you know? And there's been so many um, calls and claims that they thought they've seen him, but it never pans out. So I think that he maybe, um, maybe did die by suicide, because you think he, he slit his throat. I think that he, he did something. He had he had weapons with him. They haven't been able to find any weapons. They haven't been able to find anything. Um, and he also had the previous um, issues with depression and anxiety and some clear behavioral health issues. Um, so that's why I think that he... Yeah. Um, well, I, being the conspiracy theorist that I am, I think he survived. <laughs> and I think he made friends with people at Fort Apache, and somehow they're probably still hiding him. Not saying they are. I'm not saying they are. But yeah. you never know. Like You never know. You you actually never know. And, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, per se, but I do like conspiracies, and I, I am very interested in how people do certain things and, and like, beat the odds. <laughs> beat the odds at no matter what cost it is. Just yeah. kidding. Well, um, so that concludes our first episode here on the If Communities Could Talk, This Is What They Would Say. Um, yes, we're going to end so it much. with uh, following our uh, social media, if you'd like. Yes. Uh, so we are at icc.podcast for... Instagram and we are at uh, we're on Twitch, so it's gonna be if communities could talk with an underscore between each word. Mm-hmm. So if you like our content, go ahead and give us a follow. And if you want us to cover a crime, yes, let us know. We would be more than happy to cover it and talk about it, give our opinions about it, um, yeah. bounce bounce ideas off of each other. So I guess that's it. You got anything else to say, Jackie? No, I just want to say thank you for joining us, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you have any, like you said, let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah, DM us. Yes. All right, guys. We'll see you later. We're going to stop the live right now. Okay, bye.